Welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And guys, unfortunately, UAB uh, did not get it done on the field as uh, they lose to the UTSA Roadrunners in double overtime, 44-38. to um, Darian, it was a very roller coaster of a game. Um, I mean, if you're – I'm sure we've got a bunch of UTSA fans listening. If you're a UTSA fan, you know, you're kind of wondering, like, how in the world did this game even get to overtime? <laughs> and, uh, you know, honestly, <laughs> at some at some point, well, you know, I'm in protective. I'm thinking, like, dude, how how did we do this? Like, how did we get it overtime? Um, but, you know, of course, tough loss. But, dang, I just want to start this episode out. Like, I'm so proud of our team, our players, man. Like, you don't – you never want to get a – what is it, a participation trophy. But, hey, the, the guys, you know, down 14 – uh, 31-17 late in the game. They could have easily just laid down and say, you know what, whatever, we're done with this season. But they fought their tails off and was able to force overtime. And, I mean, I'm just so proud of this team. Um, we'll get into <laughs> some other things that I'm not really proud about uh, in, in a few minutes. But I'm just so proud of this team, man. They, they easily could have laid down and just said, you know, packed up and just went home and, got blown out by UTSA but they fought hard and fought back and fought themselves back in it and had a chance to win at the end of the game so you know kudos to the team um but, but I'm yeah glad, I'm glad that's where you started because um <laughs> yeah because this is it, it's, it's not all about just being gloom and doom it's about giving flowers work hard that coaching staff work hard no matter how we feel about right. whatever those guys work hard and this would I mean, championship aspirations are out the window. Yeah. You know, that was just playing for the man next to you. Pride and, you know, just taking pride in this program. That was all on display today. So I'm, I'm very proud. I'm beyond proud. Like I said, it it feels good to kind of, like, be able to do this with uh, with none of, none of those expectations weighing on you. I didn't have an expectation going into here. I right. mean, like, our goals aren't reachable. At this point, but those guys went in there and they played a hell of a game. They did. Um, I saw a lot of growth in a in a in a lot of stages during this game, and I, and I'm that's that's the solace I'm finding now at this point in the season. So proud of the team, proud of the coaches. You guys fought. Now we get into some of the criticisms here and there, but that's the first and foremost thing. Like that was that was a great spirit. Um, so let's be proud of our guys for that. Definitely. And I mean, hey, UTSA, hell of a team. We can you can see that, especially uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Frank Harris, my goodness, man, like I, 22 or 31, 285, four touchdowns. I mean, and the only time we got to him was really when he had that botched snap and Tuazama was able to get back there and get a sack. But I mean, I thought that you know, UTSA did a really good job holding up against our front. Now, you know, granted, we only rushed three again for the majority of the game. But, I mean, this is, you know, if you guys go back and listen to our preview that we had uh, with the guys from the Alamo Dome Audible with uh, Jared and Adrian, I mean, this was a very, very banged up offensive line for UTSA. But I thought they held up really well throughout the whole game. Yeah, they were good. They were physical. Um, They did their thing. And, you know, Frank Harris is the best quarterback in this league. Yeah, he is. Everybody knows that he make he makes timely plays. Mm-hmm. Every time it seems like he makes the right decision. Timely, he just I don't know I don't know what you really call that, but he just has it. 
just makes yeah. right decisions. He just accurate. He seems to go to the right places every time. He seems to pull it down and run every time at the right time every time. I mean, he gives his playmakers a chance to make plays. And um the guy just has whatever moxie that is. You just you just trust him. So I just tip my hat to him. Yeah, he's he's got that it factor, man. Like he's he's just a winner and it feels like you know, you, Jeff Trailer trust him, you know, at the end of ball games to put the ball in his hands and just knowing that he's going to make the right decisions. And, of course, that he did it again today. Um, so definitely hats off. Um, I, I did want to say before we get into talking more about UAB, I definitely wish uh, DeCorian Clark, I hope that he's OK. It did not look good when they brought the, uh, the card out to uh, roll him out. And he might have a broken leg, I believe. Yeah. Um, um, but I hate that for him. I don't know. Uh, the replay. I know you were at the game. I couldn't go because I had the kiddos with me and it was raining. Right. I had to watch it at home and I saw it. It did not look good. Uh, I hate that. Hey, you know, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but I mean, you know, I was talking with Jared at the game and I mean, this was a guy that was probably going to go pro this next year. Um, and has been having a heck of a season, and but you, you just hate to see that, man. Like, with, no, not alone, with, you know, let alone with anybody, but a guy that you know, has has got the talent to go to the league. Um, so I definitely, you know, hope that he can get better and maybe get better in time, you know, for the draft in April or if he decides to come back another year for UTSA. I definitely wish him a speedy recovery. Um, so I believe we talked all uh, UTSA we wanted to. Should we get into uh, kind of what happened in this game? Yeah, we can. We can go over it. Um... Okay, let's start with false starts. What in the world is going on, Darren, with this offensive line? Like, it is a every week. And I felt like at one point it was every drive that we had, we had a false start. It's just inexcusable. And it was funny. Like, the commentators was harping on it. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Hands down, the worst game I'll find this play today is, like, you have, uh, you know, Jacob Zeno within. You have backup quarterback. You know, we need to do things to help him. We, you know, like the offensive line has to be the ones that's kind of like taking some ownership and taking some responsibility of saying, okay, we're going to play our part into helping our quarterback because he's the backup, right? Right. They did the opposite. It was a hindrance. Like, I was ashamed. Like as an offensive as an offensive lineman, all of those penalties ridiculous pre-snap penalties. Just awful, awful. Awful. Then you throw in, you know, holding here and there. You throw in giving up pressure again on their right side. Um, I saw that happen a couple times. It's just I was not very thrilled by the offensive line play this game. It they did. Jacob Zeno had a good game in spite of them. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because I, I was impressed as well with Zeno. I, I thought he had a good game, and and also too, Darian. I looking back at the FAU film, I do think that I was a little more critical than I should have been of his plan. You know, takeaway that the first quarter of the FAU game was awful, but outside of that, I think he did a decent job. But today, man, other than that one interception that he threw into like triple coverage. Uh, I mean, he balled today. I mean, he looked he looked more comfortable. Now, you know, he's he still got sacked a few times, and 
I mean, that offensive line didn't do him any favors, like you just mentioned, with the false start and putting them behind the line. But I thought that Zeno played a heck of a game. I mean, what did he end up? 27 to 38 for 332 yards and two touchdowns um, and, and the lone pick. But hey, I got, hey, Zeno, Zeno looked good today. I, I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, you know, of course, still wish we had Hopkins out there, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about Zeno than, than at least I did last week. Yeah, yeah, I am too. But I, I think it's important to notice, like, all right, I, I think the, the, the discussion about Zeno is so nuanced. It's so layered. Yeah. And so I'm going to get into it. So it was the difference between halves, of course. And yes. I don't think Zeno was that great in the first half. I mm-hmm. think I think because they, it was a couple of balls that could have been picked that they didn't pick. And he was kind of staring down one receiver. One thing I started noticing, because he was really good in that second half, I, for the thing that's irking me about our offense, why is it, why does it take so long to get the play call in? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is really, really hurting the offense. Like, and that's the reason that we had, you know, and we did it one time today where he had in the second half where he had to call timeout. It was, we, and I saw, if you look, when looking on team, uh, on, on the TV, I could see Zeno like kind of like, hey, hurry up, get the play call in. Mm-hmm. He's, he's waiting on the coaches, yeah. He's waiting on the coaches. And so it's like 11, 11 seconds every time when they finally get it into him. So you got to call the play call in 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. I used to hate this as a center. Okay, so in 11 seconds, you got to call the play call. You got Everybody got to line up. You got to make your calls and everything. And if you got people in motion, you got to put them in motion and do all of this. And we're barely getting the ball off every time. And so I think that really hinders. I'm like, why is our one thing I realized I was listening to this basketball podcast. I didn't really know the difference between pace and tempo. So this Mm -hmm. is so pace is like for in football, it'll be like how quick uh, you get the snap off between plays. So it's like if we snapping the ball in in this 28 seconds lift on the, on the play clock, that's a quick pace. Right. Tempo is how fast that you can go in between. So it does it not necessarily getting the, the ball off at 28 seconds is, are we lined up in, you know what I'm saying? Our, our tempo yeah. We have horrible tempo. Like we have horrible pace too, because it's like <laughs> so lethargic. Yeah. Why do, I don't understand why do we, we put ourselves in a disadvantage and then our tempo is slow and then, it's coming in late. What I noticed in that second half, especially in the end on that on that drive where he tied it up, all of a sudden we're going with tempo. We're playing with pace. We're getting lined up. It's like, where's this been? Yeah. Why don't we do this all the time? Like, Man, we're, throwing the ball, yeah. we're playing, and next thing you know, we're putting points on the freaking board. Right. Like, God, that's when I realized, you realize when we got to overtime, it was a lot of that same, oh, let's go slow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my, it was like, I I don't understand that. Like, I, we don't have to play with pace. We don't, we don't have to snap the ball, Texas Tech back in the day, snap, let's see, you know, you know, like Oklahoma, let's see how many snaps we can get. Right. We don't have to do that, but we need to play with tempo. You need to give the offensive line. We don't need to be calling the plays at 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. Call them, give them time to scan, give them time to set up to see where they're going because now all of a sudden we don't have time to process pre-snap. Right. That is 
important. I knew that was important as a center. It's important for a quarterback. Maybe that's why he was staring down his number one receiver, Zeno was, because you don't have time to read the defense because you barely get your play in. Exactly. And I I swear, dude. Big difference. I swear, and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong about this. But that next to the last uh, series uh, in regulation where uh, UAB scored uh, to make it 31-24, I believe, that lat, you know, that that drive was just taking so long, and they were just taking so long to get the play call in. That that run where Zeno scored, I swear that he just said screw it, looking at the sideline, and just snapped it and ran it. Like I, I think he was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm just gonna snap the ball and run. He got the touchdown, and I hope I'm wrong that you know they got the play call into him. But it's where I swear from the outside, it was like he was like screw it, I'm just gonna <laughs> snap the ball and just take it myself, and it it worked. But I. It's very frustrating, and here we go seeing again, you know, having to blow timeouts. You know, it happened again today. I, I, I still don't understand why you you burn a timeout and then you just run a draw play or a handoff play. Then I mean, I just don't, I just, I just don't understand. And I know, Darren, we're not coaches, but it just makes no sense. Like when you have, like you've got to have assistants at least helping you get the play calls out. Like. Yes. Is it just them just taking forever, just making their mind up about the next play? Like, or what? It's just, it's so frustrating to watch. And I mean, to be honest, no wonder the offensive line jumps a false start because they almost probably confused too about what the play call is. Like, I don't, I I don't know. Getting that playoff. Why is our play? It's under five seconds every time. It's like we're struggling to get the playoff. And it's like, not giving anybody time to process anything. Pre-snap. That's my biggest thing. The second thing is, it's like, I, I I got this from another podcast, too. I think and I mentioned this before. It's like when you have too many options in the refrigerator sometimes and you can't decide on what to cook. Right. I, our problem, like, it seems like, you know, first and 10. It's like second and 10. Even the, even the commentators were saying things that we've been saying. It's like, mm-hmm. man, you know, that play was obvious. Everybody knew Debo was getting the ball on fourth and two. Yes, stupid. All this stuff is obvious. It's like we have – sometimes I feel like we have too many options when it's seeing the second half, seeing how the second half – we have too many options. We kind of don't know what we want to go to. You know, I I guess let's do this option. I know I got it in late. Let's just Mm. give it to Debo doing this. And it's kind of like all of a sudden in the second half, we didn't have those options available. We had to just go, and Zeno got in a rhythm. We got a pace, and we got a tempo going. Right. And all of a sudden, like, we were gassing them. We weren't subbing. It wasn't taking so long. And I'm like, wow, you take away the options, and we and we are probably a good offense. Right. Like, uh, and um, I don't know, man. I just... Hopefully, I think Brian Vincent saw a lot in himself, like in his coaching style. That's what yeah. I said. I was like, this was I, – I learned I learned a lot about our team, about our offense this game. And um, I learned a lot about Coach Vincent's play style. And I know this is probably going into another subject, but let's be real. Most likely, he's not going to be here in the end of the year. I hope he can take this game and apply it and say, I think this game can make him a better coach, honestly. Yeah. With his play calling, with everything, because he got it going. He got a rhythm. I felt like he started getting the plays in. 
it just felt like he found his identity. He only blew one time out this time, not to, you know, <laughs> right? Like, like, and I think he, and I think he was decisive, and um, I was like, okay, I I saw a difference between the first half and the second half, whether it was by choice or force, it was a difference, and um, it seemed like he was better in the second half. So I hope this is a key game that he can look to. Because I like him and I wish him well, but I'm just being real. I mean, we got, what, how many conference losses? Uh, Was it four now? Yeah, two and four. Yeah. We're like at the bottom of the – come on. Oh, yeah, we're down there with FIU now. Shit. It's embarrassing. Like, let's, it let's is. Yeah. About, you know, it is what it is at this point, but it doesn't mean that we have to not like him and not root for Brian Vincent. Brian Vincent has been a part of this program for a long time. He is green and gold. He is Birmingham. I'm, I'm I love him. I, I wish him nothing but success. But we know we know what time we we know what time it is, and we know, you know, just that's just how this, that's how it goes. That's what college football coaching. That's how it goes. So, you know, yeah. And I mean, hey, I, I, yeah, I agree 100. percent Um, I I was gonna say though, I'm glad you mentioned that. That I, I think this game. Um, I think the coaching staff. Uh, it's, Vincent made a, you know, really good halftime adjustments, you know, coming out of halftime, you know, and that's honestly one of the first times that we've seen that, you know, normally it's a, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. Yeah. Where we start off strong and then just suck the second half. But yeah, I I will give the staff credit. I thought they did, especially that fourth quarter. Um, I thought they turned it on and to kind of turn things into another gear that, you know, honestly, we haven't seen all year. Um, it kind of makes you wonder, like, hey, why haven't we been trying to do stuff like this? I mean, I get it, like, two-minute offense, but still, like, when you're going like that, like, and you've got the weapons that you have at wide receiver, like Shropshire, Fred Ferrier, Rudolph, um, and, hey, shout-out to Tayshawn Palmer, man. That dude mm-hmm. balled out today. Like, and you've got all these weapons. Like, you've got to spread it out some instead of just being slow, methodical, just handing it to Debo and, I'll tell you what, man, that fourth down play, like, everybody in that stadium knew Debo was going to get it. <laughs> he was going to get everybody, that ball. The commentator like, said it. The commentator said it. And they ran, what, counter? I think they play, ran horrible. counter on that. Like, horrible. awful. God awful. Like, that's like that's, that's high school. That's, that's, high, <laughs> that's high school, man. That's a high school offense right there. Right. That's what it is. Right. Like, and I just, I don't know, man. So frustrating. But all the negative things that we just said, I'm still – you know, just proud of this team. Like, they never gave up. They, you know, kept fighting to the end. And, I mean, darn near almost pulled it off, man. And, honestly, did you think about it when we scored that last touchdown to Shrop? Did you think about it, hey, they might go for two here? Because I thought they were going to go for two. I thought about it. I understand. I understand, Brian Vincent. Me too. And, hey, you had fought your way back. So, it's like, hey, if you don't get it, then it's like, what was all that for? So, I I, I understand. And, and understand. And honestly, it turned out to be the right decision because we came out and we scored in overtime. True. So we had we put it in a position where the defense was was going to be able to make the the difference, and I I would bet that every time and they weren't able to pull through. You know that's that's just what it was. But you know I that I thought that his uh, decision right there, you know, paid off. Uh, I would have been in the epic mode. it. go for two. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what we got to lose? <laughs> exactly. Shoot. Exactly. That's you know, how I want. I, I, I want to say, like, 
I know I said, like, you know, most likely Vincent is gone. It's almost like 100% at this point. Of course, like, we're not. It is no, what it yeah, is. It is, yeah. What I want people to understand is we have to give him grace, right? Because this yes. is his first year as a head coach. He was put into a position that he didn't and, expect to in be. A tough, in a tough – I mean, like, he was thrown in there, man. Like, you know, you right. got your coach – you got coach saying, hey, all of a sudden, hey, I can't coach anymore, which we understand, you know, Bill has his back issues. That is 100% legit, and we wish him the best. But it's like, okay, well, I got to hurry up and get this team ready in, what, a month or two before the season starts? Like, and I'm going to be the head coach? Like, that's a tough position, man. Right, that's a very tough position. Not only not only being in that position, it's not like he was at a La Tech of Middle Tennessee where it wasn't really expectations right. at this point. It was heavy expectations on this team. So we're talking about the one, the best rosters, one of the best rosters ever uh, UAB has assembled. Football. And I, st- I still say that, bro. I still think this is the most talented team UAB's ever had. Yes, but it was just we – Brian Vincent got caught in a tough position. And he yeah. – I feel like he's done a lot of growing over, over this year, over this time, except that he was just – he was – Adam in the position to where this was a team that wasn't looking to grow. We was looking to compete. So the yeah. situation he was in was not fair to him. I have seen him grow. I have. And um, I, like I said, I know that he won't be the coach for the team next year. But I hope he gets a, a good opportunity because I did see a lot of growth from him. Right. Um, I just seen, like, as we saw in this game, we saw him get better in the second half. And um, I like a, it's just we got to give him grace for, for the job he's done. Like I know I think we're not a clutch team, we're an almost team. I think it's indicative of him being a you know first time head coach in a tough position when he didn't know he was going to be a head coach. So it's a lot of almost almost that we've had this year. Mm-hmm. But at least, at least he's had us competing. Now that the pressure's off, now that we can, now that the expectations gone, I can speak how I feel about him. Yeah. Great guy, great motivator. That's a skill that you don't find in many people. I, I think I saw the decision-making grow over the year. And um, he's persevered. He's been he stuck through there. The, the team played with high spirits. That speaks to something. So um, my hat's off to him, man. I hope that he goes on. I hope he, uh, I hope he gets another opportunity. I hope he's successful. And... Uh, Hope to see him down the road. He's definitely. Like, I'm talking like he's gone or something, but like now he's not gone now. But I'm just speaking to his character. Yeah, and I mean, just looking real quick too at the game. Um, if you if you if you if you didn't catch this game and you look at the box score, two things are going to stand out uh, to why UAB lost this game. Uh, UTSA nine of fifteen on third down. I swear there was like two or three third and tens, Darian that. UAB's defense just wasn't able to get off the field. And, you know, you do got to kind of tip your hat to uh, Frank Harris and just (laughs) his playmaking ability and just finding a way to get that first down. Uh, So that was the first thing that really pops off. And the second thing is, well, we've already talked about it, but UAB 10 penalties for 63 yards. I mean, you're, I mean, it's not 100 yards, but it's still 10 penalties. And most of those were uh, false starts. And that, yeah, pre snap penalties. Yeah. So, yeah, but hey, got to move on from this next week uh, is a must win game against North Texas. Uh, you know, UAB falls to four and five, two and four in Conference USA play. But 
you know, you got to get six wins to be bowl eligible. So UAB's got to win two games out of these next three. And <laughs> for those that don't know, North Texas is next week. Then they go to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers in two weeks. And then we finish in Ruston against Louisiana Tech. So, you know, hey, man, <laughs> the way this team's playing now, hey, they're not going to beat LSU. And, I mean, they, they've got to take care of business next Saturday against North Texas if they want to go bowling. Yeah, and that's just being bowl eligible. I mean, eh, you know, you call it a must win. The real goal is out the way, man. I feel like this team playing with house money. I don't think – I know I know it's a must win to be bowl eligible, but that wasn't really the goal, you know. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You know, they playing with house money. Just go out there and have fun and play like y'all did this week, man. Just have pride in yourself. Just play free. And I think Brian Vincent ought to be an empty mode. You I mean, know, yeah, pressure ought to be off now, yeah. Four for five, we, you know, we on the 30, 37-yard line. <laughs> Go for it. Go what's for the, it. Hey, what's the meme that says, like, was it, like, if it so-and-so's deep or something, <laughs> just throw it up? <laughs> That's kind of it. Hey, Shrop, yeah, Shropshire Palmer, hey, yeah, they somewhere out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw this thing up, man. Like, I know you down there somewhere. Like, I, I wouldn't mind it. I really wouldn't. Like, go ahead, man. Just do your thing. Try some stuff out. Grow, grow yourself as a coach. Grow yourself as a quarterback, you know, you know. So it's just do your thing, man. Just have fun, and we behind you. I love, I love this team, you know. So you ain't nothing, nothing that they can do to make me stop loving the UAB Blazers. No, hey, same here, man. We're always gonna bleed uh, green and gold, uh, no matter what. And hey, I think good things are ahead for this program. So yeah, just gotta make them. We just gotta make it through this season. Yep. All right. Guess what? It just making it games like today will make it easier to make it through the game. They didn't lay down. They didn't do none of that. They fought hard. They gave them. They was in position to win, man. When no expectations on them, they they were right there. And I appreciate. I don't know. I didn't know how much I was going to appreciate that. I thought I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. But it comes out at the end. I appreciated how they fought. I appreciated the coaching staff for. You know, we went for it on fourth and six and got that lucky bouncing we caught the ball but i appreciate it <laughs> you know got the got the kahunas on him you know what i'm saying he went for it and it, we got lucky but we got it and i'm like man i just appreciate the fight that we have like you know it's indicative but it, it's a reflection of who you are in tough times and we don't got nothing to play for right now but we plan for like just pride and playing for the program i just really appreciated the fight between the on the staff and between the players. No doubt. Well, all right, guys. Again, uh, UAB loses in double overtime, forty-four to thirty-eight. Uh, drops to four and five overall, and will need two out of the last three games. They'll need to win two out of the last three to be bowl eligible. But Darian and I will be back, uh, hopefully, talking some basketball and put our pat basketball preview up for you guys. Uh, basketball season does start Monday night as the team plays against Alabama State. And also we'll have a preview for football as uh, UAB will take on the North Texas Mean Green. So we'll be back and we'll be back shortly, guys. But as always, hey, we appreciate you, um, UAB fans, uh, Blazer Victory Podcast fans, for sticking in, listening to these episodes with us. We appreciate you. Uh, actually, hey, Darian, I meant to tell you this. At the game today, I got a, a few people because um, my dad wore a Blazer Victory Podcast hoodie and he got a uh, got some love for wearing that, so it was oh, good yeah. to know. It was good to see. Hey, if you guys see us out in public, 
you know, tell us you like the show. It's it's awesome to just hear that in person. You know, you guys are awesome on Twitter and social media, but it's pretty awesome to, you know, kind of hear it in person and see it in person. So, And, and, and we don't get paid or nothing for this. We do it for the passion, but just hearing that from you guys. Yes. Like just hearing, you know, sometimes I get caught at work or, you know, they write us, you know, on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, get text messages. Man, that means something to us. Like I, it's what we we all do it because we have passion for this team that we love. That's that's it. So, thank you guys. We love you guys. We're a real family here, and I I feel the love, even through tough times. Definitely. Well, all right, guys. We'll be back shortly. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. <laughs>